What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. Welcome to the baseball show. Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with a new ESPN Chicago app. The, the baseball, baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in to the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter. At ESPN MLB Show. Again, it's at ESPN MLB Show. This is the show that takes care of you, the Cubs, the Sox fan, the Major League Baseball fan, from now until 7 o'clock, always after Waddle and Sylvie right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. You know, when I look at any of our teams that I cover on a nightly basis, when it comes to the Cubs and White Sox, I always look at how the Cubs and Sox as a franchise can get better. I also look at how the Cubs... Uh, and the Sox can win their respective divisions. Always take a look at what is the competition and the organizational structure, and what's that like on those other teams. How the Cubs and the Sox can win the pennant, and how the Cubs and Sox can win the World Series. Oh, and there's one more. How can the Sox and Cubs be perennial winners? That's something that I think is the rung of lad- the rungs on the ladder of success when it comes to our teams in general in the city, but definitely when it comes to the Cubs and White Sox. It's, it's a long season. 60 games this year, as you well know, but it's 162 normally, and you have to be able to look at it from that standpoint. It's one thing to say, can the Cubs win today? Do you raise the W flag? Can the Sox win today and play Sweet Home Chicago at leaving guaranteed rate? What it comes down to is whether or not your team is good enough to be a perennial winner. Not one and done like the 05 White Sox, where out of nowhere the White Sox win the World Series with a lot of veteran players and stellar pitching. Not like the 16 Cubs, where they win the World Series and you're saying, like, where's more? Where's mine after 16? See, to me, in this city, that just won't suffice. As soon as we start flipping through the cobwebbed, yellow-stained scrapbook of memories of what makes us happy as baseball fans, that's the moment where teams can put their feet up on the desk and say, oh, we're good because we won a World Series and take us as fans for granted. It can't be that way. We cannot allow that to happen. Even with 60 games, let's you and I get locked in here because we're just a week away now uh, from opening day. And we got to see where this Cubs team is as far as their underachievement. We got to see how the White Sox and how they are going to fare with this young core. As we talk about this on the baseball show with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I mean, I, I just think that that is really the focus. I mean, this year is a sample size, as you well know. We're not even getting half of what a season would be. We're getting 60 games, and maybe the Cubs and Sox or one of these teams can be able to get off to a sprint, win 30-plus games, and get themselves in the postseason. And by the way, if the Cubs or Sox or both get into the postseason, I count it as a postseason berth. Even though we're going through COVID-19 and it's a shortened season, it is what it is. 
you if you're a baseball fan like I am, you just want to see it, see it on the field for real and not intra squad games. You want to see how it's going to work. So all of these things are on my mind as far as not just today, not just on July 17th, but what the future holds for both the Cubs and the White Sox. Don't be that Cub fan that's just looking at the um, the replica trophy of 16 and all the pictures through your Instagram about what 16 was about. What about 2020? And are you holding the Cubs' feet to the fire when it comes to this team? Same thing with the, the White Sox. The White Sox won in 2005. Ozzie Guillen doesn't even have a job now, and he should be managing in baseball, but he's not. That's how long ago it was that the Sox won the World Series in 05. A long time ago. And so now is the time for both teams to figure out who they are and what they're going to be. And if you're going to get it done, start with a 60-game season and get, get off to a great start, and then roll the dice and see what happens. You know, one of the things I love is are tears. I love tears, not my own tears. I just, I love tears because it's always a great argument and a great conversation when you put players and teams into tears. So I was going to MLB.com earlier today. Mike Petriello wrote this piece. It says, here are all 30 teams ranked in seven tiers. And again, it's on MLB.com. And I saw this and it's, it's interesting because of course, my eyes are going to where the Cubs and Sox are. So here are the categories. There are seven categories, but I'm going to give you six because one of them does not relate to either one of the teams that you and I are keeping our eyes on in Chicago as far as the Cubs and Sox. So the categories are title or bust, strong contenders, borderline contenders, star-latent team seeking direction, the competitive up-and-comers, and everyone else. There's another category in there, but we're not going to get into it for brevity's sake. So I look at Tier 1, and it's it's clear. I mean, I think if you're a baseball fan, you kind of know the best of the best in Major League Baseball. So project it. The Dodgers are at the top of the list. Dodgers team won 160, 106 games last year. It's won seven consecutive division titles, uh, and and they added bets. So you know it's a quality team. Um, you look at the Twins, um, the Minnesota Twins. They won 101 games, the second most in the Minnesota-Washington Senators history, uh, and they set an all-time record for home runs by a team, too. And now they added Josh Donaldson to the team, and so there's a team now that everyone mashes. It's like the new Harvey Wallbangers, except they're in, Mil- in uh, Minnesota right now, not Milwaukee. The, the Yankees are on this list as well. The Yankees are number three. They won 103 games, and then they added the best starting pitcher in baseball um, to that list in Garrett Cole. And so that's the top three teams there. When you talk about um, title or bust, it's those three teams at the top. So let's take a look at some of the other categories on this list. So it's strong contenders. They have the A's here, the Braves, the Mets, the Nationals, and the Rays. Of course, the Nationals won the championship last year, so the Nationals are in that that, that mix. The A's, you just never know with them, right? They've won 97 games in each of the past two seasons. No one notices... I guess because once they are good, sometimes, more times than not, they will trade off their assets. So it's kind of like, okay, you're good now, but what about in a couple of years? 97 games the last two seasons uh, for the A's consecutively. Braves, a good young team, going from the bottom, working their way back up. Mets are good with Alonzo. Um, the Nationals, I mentioned with the title, the Rays are good, especially with their starting pitching. So then the other category, um, borderline contenders. 
borderline contenders. So they have listed here the Angels, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, and the Reds. And so now we go to the Tier 5, and that is star-laden teams seeking direction. Star-laden teams seeking direction. And so they have listed here the Rockies, the Red Sox, the Indians, and the Cubs. The Cubs are on this list. And so I'll tell you what they say about the Cubs, and I'll give you my thoughts on it, because uh, it says here that it's interesting how the Red Sox and the Cubs intersect, the 16 Cubs and the 18 Red Sox. This group, over the previous four seasons, have won two rings, the 16 Cubs and 18 Red Sox, as I mentioned. An additional pennant was that the Indians in 16 and the Rockies have shown up with back-to-back wild-card game appearances in 17 and 18. There's so much talent here, and yet... Where are these teams going? Outside of Houston, uh, did any collection of seemingly competitive teams have more disappointing winters? It goes on to say that while we're not going to split uh, these two in, in the individual team segments, it just feels like these two sub-tier teams are the same. Uh, the Cubs and the Indians never did trade away their stars, and despite dis- disappointingly inactive off-seasons, they remain very much in the playoff race. So I, I found the category for the Cubs interesting in that when we go through the tiers, the Cubs are the star latent team seeking direction. So is that direction from Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer or is that direction from David Ross? Because, indeed, what did the Cubs do in the offseason to make themselves better? That starts with ownership, which is almost a sports radio thing going back to 1990, right? It's a sports radio thing of saying, how come the Cubs are not spending enough money to be able to win? It's a talented team as is, but you never shut the water off like Ricketts has. And so if you're a Cubs fan, you should be apoplectic to the point where you're not sure whether or not your team can get back to the World Series if you're not at least adding uh, some semblance of quality players, either through pitching and off- or offense, to this team. So, where are the White Sox on this list? Okay, the Sox, the competitive up and comers, they are with the Rangers, the Padres, and the Jays. So, and you can completely understand that what they say about the White Sox. Uh, the Rangers had two starters receive Cy Young votes, and they moved into a new ballpark. The White Sox had uh, made a ton of noise this winter, adding Grandal and Keuchel to young stars like Johan Moncada and Luis uh, Lucas Giolito, plus arriving ones like Nick Mandrigal, Luis, Luis Robert, um, and Michael Kopech elected not to play. So the White Sox are in the same vein according to this from uh, MLB.com, of a young Blue Jays team, a Padres team that's up and coming, have a mixture of youth and veterans, and uh, the Rangers. And so that makes sense. And everyone else, by the way, in that list, um, you got seven teams combined for a 431 and 702 mark, 38% of their games they won, Giants, Mariners, Marlins, Orioles, Pirates, Royals, and Tigers. But our focus, our focus is on both teams in town, the Cubs and the White Sox, where I believe that when it comes to the Cubs, more so than them just being uh, in the category of star latent teams seeking direction, why can't the Cubs be in the um, category of borderline contenders with the Reds, with the Phillies, with the Diamondbacks, with the Cardinals, with the Brewers? It makes it seem like the Cubs are just so lost that they're not even borderline contenders anymore. If that is the case, 
Do you think something's going to change at Clark and Addison? Again, this is just one column, but the perception I keep reading across the landscape of Major League Baseball is that the Cubs are just kind of this also-ran. It used to be good. Well, this season will tell a great story, won't it? And the Sox are what the Sox are. They still have to be proven uh, to find out how good they can be. All right, coming up next in the baseball show, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company, we will um, talk about something that A-Rod said that he's making an about-face about. And also, the biggest issue with the Cubs in 2020 is not on the current roster. That's next with Jonathan Hood on TBS. This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Cubs, Sox, Major League Baseball. Baseball's coming back. This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. According to MLB.com, a piece that was written, uh, the Cubs are star-laden, amongst the star-laden teams seeking direction. Cubs, Indians, Red Sox, and the Rockies are with that. And I just think that the Cubs, from a personnel standpoint, should be uh, in the borderline contender category in that tier, but they are not. The Reds, are they more of a borderline contender team than the Cubs? Are the Cardinals, are the Brewers more borderline contenders than the Cubs? It's interesting how that is what I would have them as at least a borderline contender. Uh, the body is not dead until we uh, until you can unplug it, right? And I think the, the Cubs are still alive in this thing, but they just have to play a lot better. As we talk about this here on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company with me, Jonathan Hood, here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Some thoughts from Kyle Hendricks on with Waddle and Sylvie. As we were just talking about it in crosstalk with, uh, with Jeff and Tom, I was, we were talking about... Um, Kyle Hendricks being the opening day starter. And here, here's the thing. The way this season is going and Hendricks getting the start, he's steady. Uh, he's going to give you a, a solid outing. He's not. I don't see him going him being shelled this year on a regular basis. Yes, the ball normally would go to John Lester, but this is not normal. This season that we're going through here with Major League Baseball, where the opening day uh, is just a week away. So some thoughts from Kyle Hendricks on a number of things. He says that um, he is really happy about getting the ball for opening day. It was cool being in there and just having guys, you know, Darvish, Lester, Chatwood, these guys in there. We're such a selfless group that any one of us could take the ball at any given time. So it was just, it was cool to be in that room and to be told and just, you know, get a round of applause kind of and congratulatory real quick from these, from your peers, these guys that you just love being around. And I've learned so much from that. That really is what meant a lot to me. Also, some thoughts from Hendricks regarding how, you know, when you win, it, it just feels different in the clubhouse. I would say it's just going to feel different. The only thing, that's the only thing. It's going to be different at the end of the day you're still winning a championship, you know, and you're champions of the world. So that part, being able to hold that trophy and get those rings with, with your teammates and your coaching staff and everybody that's been through the, you know, the grind with you, that's going to mean just as much as it ever would. And in some ways, like you said, yeah, the adversity that guys are having to deal with, it might mean a little more, you know, the games may be less, but there's so many other outside factors to deal with. And that's usually the hard part when it comes to this. So, yeah, at the end of the day, just being able to raise that trophy, I think any team that wins it, um, it's just going to be different, really, is all. 
uh, while we were doing the show under the hood last night, um, we were watching the White Sox in their inter-squad game, and they had another game this afternoon. I was watching bits and pieces of that as well. It's hard to, to watch the entire game of that. It's just good to be able to get your juices flowing because baseball's right around the corner. So just to see the field and just to be able to see um, so the players out there, it's not like taking on another team. They're, they're taking on one another, and I saw um, I saw a lot of terrific offense. That's for sure. It seems like some of the bats are ready to go. Rick Renneria, the uh, manager for the Chicago White Sox, uh, was talking about Dylan Cease and says uh, from Cease, who struck out eight yesterday. Um, boy, he was as confident as he's ever seen. Having an outing like yesterday before the season is huge. Um, you know, I feel like. I feel like I'm as confident of a player as I've, I've ever been right now. It all had late life, staying on the fastball, playing long, breaking at the end. Uh, and for the most part, I was, I was locating where I needed to. So uh, if I can take that into the regular season, I'll be very happy. Thoughts from Dylan Cease. Yeah, he was really, really solid. And Rick says that, you know, when he looks at his squad, he says, we've really pushed these guys in a big way. We've been pushing these guys. I mean, the 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 fundamentals, the ground balls, the, the way we set it up to be able to get everybody to do their work. It's fatiguing just being out here for the number of hours that we're out here, let alone play the inter-squad games. And so... It's a unique, uh, it's a unique situation, but the opportunity that it's lent itself to is that we've been able to allow them to play and compete. Thoughts from Rick Renneria, the manager for the White Sox, as you're listening to the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Always open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan, a fan of Major League Baseball, check in with us every night after Waddle and Sylvia at 6 o'clock. The phone lines are open for you uh, as we are guest-free uh, more times than not on this program for the baseball show. So Gordon Wittenmeyer from NBC Sports Chicago wrote a piece. And it was a good piece, uh, and it's entitled, Why the Cubs' uh, Failure to Develop Homegrown Pitching Just Got More Important. Interesting, interesting piece. Because it's something that we don't talk enough about, because I know for me, I'm so laser-focused on the roster as is, and then what could happen um, during this Theo era this year and then next year if you have a full complement of games in 2021. But I I thought that that Wittenmeyer's piece hit on something, and that is, you know, when I say that the Cubs should at least be contenders or trying to win a World Series in the Theo era, here's another reason why. Uh, where where was the movement in the offseason for the Cubs to get better? We all know that the Tyler Chatwood and the U Darvish deals, have they really paid dividends for the Cubs as far as getting them in a position to win a championship? I would say no. And they, put, they spent a lot of money on those two pitchers. Um, but you can actually win and develop at the same time. You actually can do that. There's several examples of that in the big leagues, but you can actually go for it financially, have a commitment to winning, um, have that development on the field, you push your way into being a contender and develop at the same time. So the, the Wittenmeyer piece says that even when Kyle Hendricks officially got the well-earned call to be the opener for July 24th, a day later, it was a reminder of how far ahead of everyone else on the staff Hendricks is after an aggressive program during the COVID-19 shutdown. He goes on to talk about the rotation. He says, beyond the top three in the rotation, the entire rest of the Cubs pitching staff is no better than glass half full, glass half empty proposition. Now, 
Jed Hoyer, the general manager for the Cubs, says, I like where our pitching is. Obviously, Quintana's injury was an early hit to that, uh, but I think that we have depth. It goes on to say that whether that evaluation is more half full or simply full of it will start to be answered in a week. For now, Cubs officials have lauded the work and the chip-on-the-shoulder motivation of elevated fourth starter Tyler Chatwood and pointed to the 2019 effectiveness of returning relievers Kyle Ryan and Rowan Wick. If Wick and Ryan don't back up 2019 and prove it as, you know, as prove-it guys, um, then there won't be much time to make fixes in such a short season. And more significantly, uh, might not be any place to find anyone else that can help beyond the B squad in South Bend. It is a salient point that is made by Wittenmeyer in this piece on NBC Sports Chicago because, man, look, if the only young player that is on the roster now that's ready to be developed is Nico Horner, you got a problem. You know, you know, when we go to the ESPN.com piece about young players that are trying to make dividends in this 60-game shortened season, Nico Horner is the, the choice by the writers from ESPN.com. Horner m- might not have an everyday spot in the lineup, but he should be up most of the season and would be the first candidate to get the most reps if there's a disappointment with Jason Kipnis, who's now with the team officially with the Cubs, Ian Happ, uh, Albert Almore Jr., uh, Jason Hayward. You know, uh, his plus contact slash combo speed and versatility give him a number of ways to contribute. But it's it's going to be Kipnis's job because of the veteran presence that Kipnis will bring. Is is the only young player that the Cubs have ready to go is Nico Horner, and he's not even going to more than likely won't start. When I say that you can actually win and develop at the same time, as we talk about this in the baseball show with Jonathan Hood on ESPN One Thousand, and that is. Gavin Lux is a second baseman for the Dodgers. So Lux is the best prospect in baseball who will play in the big leagues this year. Wander Franco is buried in a deep Rays organization middle infield situation. Um, And he'll uh, open getting the majority of the reps at second base. So the Dodgers, as we just documented in our last segment, like the Dodgers continue to win the division, knock on the door, trying to be a perennial playoff team and trying to get and break through to win the World Series. At the same time, they have Gavin Lux that's ready to go that is going to be a budding star at second base. Abraham Toro is a third baseman for the Astros. So right-handed pitcher Brian Abreu has big strikeout stuff, and he's going to be working the later innings. And top prospect uh, Forrest Whitley is lurking. He's got some positive buzz. But Toro, he can play all four corner spots and has the most thump off the bench. So he's going to lean toward being a position player that can make an impact uh, in almost every game. The third baseman for the Astros. Again, Astros, whatever you think of the... The thumping and the and the cheating that the Astros have done, you know, they do have someone while they're winning in place in Toro that can be a solid player for them. So while the Cubs and the celebration and the and the uh, champagne and the pyro and ballyhoo and all the good times at Clark and Addison is happening, where you have a World Series championship, you have a winning franchise with J- uh, Joe Madden. You part with Joe Madden. Here's David Ross, and now like. So where's the young players for Ross to tutor? That's the thing. If you're going to be in that stratosphere, if you're going to be in that stratosphere as a team that is going to uh, contend, spend money, you've got to stay up there or tear it all down. 
And this is why I said at the time of the Ross hiring, I said, is Ross going to be able to manage a team that is prepared to win? Or is this just a transitional manager to whatever is going to happen with the Cubs next? And that's a fair question to ask, just based on how the Cubs have played the last couple of years. That's that's something that is on my mind when I think about where as much as I believe in like Rizzo and Bryant and Hayward and Baez and the veteran presence of this ball club and those core players that were helping the Cubs win the World Series, you got series. You got to think about uh, the future. You got to think about 2021 and beyond. And if Theo's going to be here beyond 2021, big. These are just big picture question marks. But just keep in mind that I can't find someone from the minor league system right away that you you could bring up and say that guy you could plug him right in the bullpen. That guy you could be able to help uh, really help the Cubs offensively if they struggle again. That's the problem. You can develop and you can be able to win too. You could do both. We crack open the Major League Baseball notebook. Uh, A Rod with some interesting thoughts about. Salary cap in Major League Baseball. Uh, we'll get to that and more on TBS. From Wrigley on the North to Guaranteed Rate on the South. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Cubs, socks, and so much more. more. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. It's at ESPN MLB Show. There's there's just one stop for you to go. Uh, That's the place that you go to have news about Major League Baseball uh, that is retweeted right there at ESPN MLB Show. Uh, Also, videos. You know, there's... These scrimmage games, these inter-squad games are happening across Major League Baseball. So every now and then, if you follow along, if you just have that itch to watch just a little baseball, there, there might be a Reds game that pops up there or a Dodger game or a uh, an Indian game that might pop up there. So if you follow along at ESPN MLB show and you just miss baseball, you just want to hear the crack of the bat and you want to just see a couple of plays, you can follow along and we'll always have those highlights or actual live video uh, right there for you on our Twitter feed and that's at espn mlb show time to crack open the mlb notebook jay hood's mlb notebook oh boy it's stuffed it's a lot in the notebook let's see if we can get through this before we get to five for five all right um ken rosenthal covers uh, major league baseball for fox says this that there is grim news uh at 35th and vec uh with the white Sox, and that is this uh, the White Sox yesterday informed a number of people in their baseball operations department that their contracts will not be renewed after they expire at the end of October. Um, those are sources that are close to Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic and Fox. Among those White Sox that will be let go, Special Assistant Dave Yoakum, who has worked for the team since 1991, Major League Advanced Scout Brian Little, who played for the Sox and began working for them in 2001, and pro scout Alan Rieger. Alan Rieger, whose tenure with the team began in 2006. So um, that is some grim news. And I don't know if that's financial or just making some um, some movement uh, in the front office. But that is something uh, that has happened with the White Sox at the end of the season. Let's see what else we have here in the old notebook. Okay, so 
Let us hear from Vinny Duber. Vinny Duber covers the White Sox for NBC Sports Chicago. I asked him point blank, are the Sox a contender in the American League Central? I think that they'll end up being in a three-team race here for that AL Central title. I don't think it's outlandish at all to suggest that they could be a playoff team. Uh, but certainly, as we just talked about, there are questions to be answered. The Twins, uh, you know, their lineup is amazing. They go out and add Josh Donaldson, who's a perennial MVP candidate when he's healthy. The Indians might have the best rotation in baseball, even after trading Corey Kluber, after trading Trevor Bauer. Uh, so these are uh, no-joke teams. I mean, it's not like uh, these guys are going to drop off the map right, uh, right away way the White Sox have to play up to their level and I think they're capable of doing that and you, you, we talked about the starting rotation and then you look at the lineup Rick Hahn really went to work this offseason in remaking it adding Yasmani Grandal, adding Edwin Encarnacion, bringing in power and on-base skills that, it, that that lineup didn't have last year and then obviously Luis Robert who everybody's really excited to see there's a lot of new faces everywhere on this ball club uh and that but the main thing to me is still the core right your Eloy Jimenez your Tim Anderson uh your Yoan Moncada those guys are the ones who broke out last year and none of this is even possible we're not even having this conversation unless they showed that they can be forces in the lineup uh they did do that last year obviously they need to do it again um in order to be there with the Twins and the Indians but I think that they're very much a uh, playoff contender uh if some of the questions that we have talked about are answered in a positive way. Benny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago talking about the White Sox. How about this from A-Rod, uh, Fox and ESPN broadcaster, said this. Because uh, he was asked about the CBA, and now he's doing a little bit of a, an about-face. So this is from A-Rod's Twitter feed, at A-Rod, of course. So yesterday when I was asked about the CBA expiring in 2021, I answered honestly, but never mentioned the word salary cap. My goal as a broadcaster, and more importantly, a fan of the sport, is to grow our game. I suggested on the call that both sides, players and owners, work together to make baseball as big as the NFL and the NBA. I've been in contact uh, with Tony Clark, the executive director of the MLBPA, to make sure that we're all aligned in taking our sport to the next level and showcasing the world's best athletes. Um, That's going to be a topic one day on the show on whether or not you feel uh, baseball should have a salary cap. Now, it's funny, when you go through A-Rod's mentions, there's a guy that says, yes, on a salary cap, time for baseball to quit being dominated by big markets. That guy, RTG in Pittsburgh, who is a Pirates fan. So, of course, he would feel that way. Um, uh, Colin says, if they get a salary cap, I may start watching again. Uh, I haven't watched baseball in 10 years. I have no interest in a league that's rigged toward the rich teams. Um, So interesting uh, how people look at baseball. What if, think about that for a second, what if baseball had a salary gap? Then now, just like football, uh, the best GMs, uh, the best scouts would be able to uh, find the best talent, fit them under a salary cap, and still win. Uh, so again, that that's something to think about. I don't think it, it won't. I don't think it will happen in baseball anytime soon. But it's interesting to think about. So I thought Yasiel Puig was locked in. You know, he was one of these free agents that was just out there trying to find himself a job, and he was going to latch on to the Atlanta Braves. He's been a vagabond in this league, just globetrotting from city to city, place to place, and he is um, a ball of energy. I mean, it, he's not everyone's taste. I get that, but Puig tested positive for COVID-19. Some thoughts from John Heyman on MLB Network. 
At this point, he is a free agent. The Braves can revisit this if they like at some point. Uh, I'm sure that he will be taking, he's quarantining now according to his Instagram and will be taking a test uh, fairly soon from what I understand. And uh, if he p passes or uh, is negative twice in a row, uh, then he could again get a deal with the Braves or somebody else. The Giants and the Orioles are other possibilities. Um, so we'll see what happens. He had a major league deal. Now he's got offers of minor league deals from teams. But once he's negative, I think he'll be back on with a major league. Uh, so thoughts there from John Heyman. And uh, according to Jesse Rogers from our staff here at ESPN 1000, it's out there now. New COVID testing results from the past week in Major League Baseball. Six of the 10,548 samples, which is 0.05%, were new positives. Five of six players were. Uh, five to six were players. So six of the over 10,000 samples, there is only five of the six were players. So, again, that is a, an encouraging sign when you have 0.05% when it comes to COVID-19 from this round of testing. As we are cracking open the notebook right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app for the baseball show brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. How about Jacob DeGrom? Now, he pitched like one inning for the Mets and had to leave because of uh, the issues they had with his back. Some thoughts here from DeGrom. He says he still wants to pitch for opening day. If that was a regular game, I wouldn't have said anything. But as far as it being a spring training game or, you know, what summer camp game, there was no reason to push through something and risk actually injuring myself. So... Like I said, it was out of abundance of caution and just uh, trying to play it smart. You know, wasn't really planning on getting an image of it, but just said, hey, let's go ahead and make sure everything's fine. So the plan is to be able to pitch opening day. Uh, so um, and he's one of the great pitchers in Major League Baseball, DeGrom for the Mets. Um, going back to COVID-19 quickly from Jeff Passan, because Jeff is great when it comes to these uh, very thoughtful and breaking news, of course, for Major League Baseball on ESPN.com. Jeff says that the players overall know that even though we had a 60-game season, this may end quickly. They're feeling safe because they're getting tested relatively frequently every other day, because they're playing baseball, because they're having inter-squad scrimmages. Uh, you know, they feel like they're playing the game, but they understand that the, the rug can be pulled out from under them at any point, and it is completely out of their control. And, and that's a hard thing to get used to, knowing that you're doing everything right personally, and yet you have no agency in this situation. It's up to other people. And not just other people inside of baseball, but other people literally in the world. The fans are dictating everything at this point because people's ability to try and stay healthy is everything. And if they're incapable of doing that and, and local, state, uh, or even federal governments say we're going to be shutting this thing down, there is absolutely nothing that you as a baseball player or as an organization can do about it. Our poll questions are up uh, at ESPN MLB Show and also at ESPN 1000 about the Cubs and Sox as far as how you see them contending. Jump on Twitter if you get a chance at ESPN MLB Show. 
I'll follow along. I'll answer our poll question as well. Let's give your thoughts on the Cubs and Sox as far as contenders for both of these teams in 2020. The Cubs uh, today, they selected the uh, contract of Jason Kipnis from AAA Iowa on the roster. Um, additionally, the Cubs have sent cash considerations to the San Diego Padres in exchange for the rights to right-handed pitcher Trevor McGill who has been outrighted off the 40-man roster and assigned to the club's South Bend summer camp site. McGill was selected by the Cubs from the Padres in last year's December Rule 5 draft. So Chicago's 40-man roster remains at 40, and its 60-man player pool remains at 57, 39 at Wrigley Field, 18 in South Bend. Some thoughts from Al Leiter from MLB Network, when the analyst talks about some of the things he's looking forward to for the 2020 season. The DH in National League cities. National League fans haven't seen it in their ballpark with their home home uniforms. I think there's going to be something creative about it. I think there's some teams, obviously, in the National League that are going to benefit because there's some players that really fit DH, so that's one. And then the pitching. I, I think how the moves are going to be made by these managers with respect to how the relievers are used. I think you're going to see two-inning close, uh, closers pitching two innings. I think you're going to see more relief creativity and the three-pitcher minimum, the three-batter minimum. You're not going to bring a guy in to get the left, right, left, right. you got to make sure when you get bring a guy in, it's three batters. So there's, there's going to be some interesting facets. How about no double switch in the National League? There you go. So uh, Harold Reynolds uh, uh, chiming in there as well. And that, my friends, is our Major League Baseball notebook right here on the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, So um, I'm still going to be keeping my eyes on some of the Cub Sox and other games around Major League Baseball. Just to, you know, if you get a chance, check it out at ESPN MLB Show, just some of the highlights and some of the live games we have there on Twitter. But, man, it's uh, when you watch some of that stuff, it's like, okay. Like, right before we came on the air, the Nationals were on, right? And, like... It, this, the book said Washington 5, Washington nothing, and this is kind of like they're experimenting by putting a runner at second base just to start things off. and just it, All of it's practice, but it just whets your appetite for baseball, which is right around the corner. 545, five, next on TBS. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Ah, nothing like inter-squad action with the Royals and the Pirates. Not taking on one another, just separate games. That's up there now at ESPN MLB Show. Just to wet your appetite, just to see a little baseball if you didn't see any earlier today. Sox played earlier today. They're in a squad game, so I, I got my fill of the practice games today. Now time, 4545. Sean Davis has for us five questions in five minutes as we are getting ready to uh, hear from Mike North and Carmen DeFalco with the odds couple. That comes your way coming up at uh, 7 o'clock right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Sean, what do we have for us for 545? All right, Hood. The theme for tonight is irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. The Mets, of course, you talked about in the MLB notebook. Jacob DeGrom, his scare yesterday with the suffering, the back back tightness. What player can the Cubs and Sox least afford to lose to injury this season? Okay, so I'll start with the Cubs and talk about bias because – 
it's just not his offense. It's, just, it's his defense. And just the, when he's there, I just think that he's a catalyst for this Cubs team. Imagine a Cubs team, as we talked about, bereft of quality talent in the minor league system that you can plug in and be productive. Um, it, it is so razor thin, the Cubs, uh, when it comes to what they have on the field and what they have in the minor league system. So Baez is there. I think Bryant also. If they missed the season, you could just watch, you could just wrap it up. And so I, I picked two. I'm going to go with Baez, but Bryant is a close second for me on the Cubs side. The White Sox side is Giolito um, because you want to see what he has the second time around. Uh, everything is not about Keiko. Keiko is part of the team, but Giolito seems though he's taken control as the lead as far as the starting rotation is concerned. A close second will be Tim Anderson. All right. 16 major leaders, leaguers have opted out or decided not to play this season. Out of those 16, who would be the MVP of the opt-out or the man that's missed the most by their team? Okay, so I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to go three. I'm going to give okay. you three, right? Yeah. So I'll start with three and say Mike Leake of the, the Diamondbacks. He's given up $5 million in salary. He's got um, uh, it's a family decision. His whole family came up with this decision that Mike should not play this year. So that's number three. Number two, uh, Zimmerman of the, of the Nationals, right? So he's a stabilizer for that team. He is 35 for the Washington Nationals. He's got three young children. He just had a newborn. So Zimmerman had to think about it long and hard, and he's not going to be part of that team. But number one, without question, is Price. David Price forfeits $12 million, but he still owed $32 million in 2021 and in 2022. He's good financially if he misses out these uh, 60 games. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so David Price would be my number one guy on that list for sure. All right. The Cubs have struggled to find or replace their leadoff man, Dexter Fowler, from the 2016 team. Mm-hmm. Who should lead off for the Cubs and Sox this season? Well, you know, the leadoff man, Davis, has um, it's offended my, my <laughs> sensibilities as a baseball fan because when you and I were growing up, it was about speed at the top of the lineup. Right. And you want to have a guy that was good enough for on base to get on, get over, get in, steal second, get him over to third, and get him in one nothing to lead the, the you know start of the game. So you know things have changed now in 2020. So I guess the best guy in place it's not going to be Schwarber, it's going to be Rizzo at the top of the, of the lineup for the Cubs. I guess that's okay if he's got patience and can hit the other way, which we've seen in the hole. Tim Anderson would be that guy for the Sox, I guess. And again, that's I mean he's fast. And is good with on-base percentage, but it's not the traditional guy I'm used to seeing at the top of the lineup just being able to just get on base and steal. Yeah. Um, but those are my guys. Yeah, Tim Anderson probably might be holding that spot down until Luis Roberts is ready to take it over. Yeah, that's a good pick. All right. The extra inning rule is one of the new rules where you place a runner on second to start the inning to speed the process up. Is this rule fair to both the offense and defense in extra innings? It is, and, and here's why. I, I, now, for me as a baseball fan, when you uh, if you're going to invest in a baseball game, uh, you are supposed to be there for the long haul. But we get these people whining and complaining about how baseball games are too long, and it's like, well, why did you come to the ballpark? It's it's a game with no clock. What you what do you expect? Anything could happen, right? Soccer's two hours. NHL and NBA is two two and is two and a half hours. Maybe nearing three hours sometimes, depending on the whistle. <clears throat> 
point is, is that you're supposed to be invested in the game. So I'm going to be flexible enough to be like, cool, you want to do this experiment? It's not going to be every game. Put a runner at second base if you just want your game to be over. But it doesn't mean that games will be less than three hours. You could do a three-hour game in nine innings and still have this thing in the extra innings. We're just, I don't have a problem with it. Let's cap it off with five over-unders for a five for five. 110 strikeouts for Justin Verlander. Uh, I will say the under for that one. All right, 30 combined home runs for Stanton and Judge. Um, uh, 30, you know, 60 games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. I think that that is, when I think about it, yeah, I'll say yes to that. Over. All right. Tim bat tosses for Tim Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whether they are going to go, uh, go over the fence or not, he's still going to toss his bat. So I will say for Tim Anderson, yes, he'll have more than uh, 10 bachelor. I'll say the over for that. A 400 batting average from Mike Trout. I'll say the under to that. I'll say that that won't happen. I think everyone's looking for a 400 uh, hitter. Uh, I'm going to say not to for Mike Trout. I think it's power, but not an average of 400 or above. I'll say under to that. And lastly, 20 stolen bases for Alberto Mondesi. Yeah, why not? I'll say over. Like I, I still believe in speed in the game. Some people don't. I still believe in speed in the game. So I'll say the over 20 if I was going to put my money in Vegas. And that's your five for five. There you go, 545 every night with the baseball show right after Waddle and Sylvie right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget, follow along on Twitter. We've got our poll questions up at ESPN MLB Show. And, of course, we've always got a feed of videos and retweets and information that you need. So if you're a baseball fan, that's your spot at ESPN MLB Show. Our thanks to Sean Davis on the other side of the glass. We've got the uh, Mike North and Carmen DeFalco. They'll be coming up with the odds couple under the hood after that. The Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company, right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. You've been listening to The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for the Baseball Show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.